today on The Breakdown. It's a hand from the 100,000 euro buy-in Monte Carlo Super High Roller from January 2018. And boy, oh boy, that final table had some big, big names. Justin Bonomo, Ike Haxton, Sam Greenwood, and the two luminaries we're going to talk about today, Ola Shemian and Christoph Vogelsang. And they played a pot. Oh boy, did they play a pot. There is... There is a tough spot that's going to come up, and I am excited to talk about it, especially with so much money on the line. We're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. I have no reaction to that opening. Really? Yeah. Have you seen... Like, is that like the median opening? Have, like, you, seen, right? have you seen Westworld? Yes. It's, it's for me it's like I doesn't look like anything to me. What it's, well, it's I can't tell you what it is or cuz people some people haven't seen Westworld, but those who have know what I'm referencing. I've seen Westworld and I don't know what you're talking about. How long has it been? It's been a while. Yeah, you would you would know if you'd seen it more recently. Okay. But I can't I can't talk about it. Now. You can spoil it. It's season 1 of Westworld or season 2? Season 1. Spoil it. It's been a okay. year and a half. If any picture is shown... Oh, okay. You know what it is? Now I know. But well, now I have to do it. Yeah. yeah, explain it. If any picture is shown to uh, a robot or whatever they are... Yeah, an and android. It, it doesn't make sense with the world that they have been constructed in, um, then they don't really like see anything. They say yeah. it doesn't look like anything to me. Yeah. You know, they see like a picture of modern society. That's what they say. <laughs> By the way, you were really worried, worried about spoiling Westworld. That's like 10 minutes into the first episode. It's yeah. not a big spoiler. That's true. It isn't like, you know, Anthony Hopkins gets shot in the head at the end of season one or something. I was like just that. thinking about uh, a plot point that involves that, but it actually doesn't spoil the plot point. So uh, never mind. It's fine. Now you all know that that opening doesn't look like anything to me. I'm immune to all of those things. I don't even now. know. What, I don't even know how to react to your non reaction. That's how, that's that was my goal. Yeah. Hey, react to this. Christoph Vogel saying Ola Shemian. Those guys are from Europe. <laughs> yes. And they uh, both of them. So this this hand, we may not solve this one. I'm going to say that. Yeah. This was a tough one to figure out. Christoph Vogel saying at least a couple of years ago was noted by some of his peers as the most accurate GTO player in the world. Is Nick Shulman was calling him that, and we, I sort of decided that meant it was probably true, and everyone thought that way. Right, so that means he is the least exploitable player yeah. playing these tournaments. And when we say a couple years ago, we really mean a year ago when he won the uh, Aria Super High right. Roller Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and, well, we don't... I mean, if he's actually doing what Nick Shulman's saying and doing it better than everyone else, that means he's the least exploitable player. That's right. Yeah. So... Uh, seems like that seems to be true. I don't know, man. This hand is almost so based on game theory. It's very difficult to figure out how he played his hand the way he yeah. did. Uh, maybe we are just missing something. Obviously, we're missing a lot of things that Kristoff is not. So there's definite possibilities there. But there's just a decision in this hand that's just like, how did that happen? Right. I mean, I will say that the only way for us to make any sense of this hand, and I don't know that we're going to be able to pull this off. Like, legitimately, I don't know if we're going to be able to figure this one out. I'm excited to try is we're going to have to believe he's making some exploitative decisions at some points along the way that he's not trying to play, that he thinks he has some sort of something about Ola where he can play one, you know, he's going to lean one way or the other um, rather than just try and play perfectly down the middle. Yeah, which is interesting because we had the same discussion when we talked about, I think it was the very same final table against Justin Bonomo where he made the call 
with oh, right. two fives in a spot where it's like, you should never make that call. Right. It seems horrible, no matter what your theory is. There's no, yeah, it didn't yeah. seem like there's any way to defend that. And yet, one of the best players in the world is making the call. There must be something going on there. Right. And now he's making another play in this hand that's like, I don't know if that's okay. Right. <laughs> you know? But you know, when Vanessa Selps busted from the main event this year, she busted in a horrific yeah. way. Most people know about it. Yeah. yeah. So she had Jack Eight off, and I think she. Three bet, got four bet, called, check raised the ace-seven X-flop with jack eight off, uh, got called, then shoved the turning, got called, and she was drawing dead with just nothing going on, no hand, no draw. Um, and she got a lot of flack on Twitter about yeah. that, like a lot. And she didn't handle it great. Well, she didn't handle it great, that's fair. But what I was going to say is more that she made what I thought was a very fair point, which was basically... Oh, you know, isn't that just the way the world is? She didn't write this exactly, but some version of all these people are looking at this very successful poker player and don't understand why I made a play and think I must be awful rather than there's something to learn right. here. No, that is a very good point. And we and that's not quite analogous to what we're talking about here. Of course. We, for a couple of reasons. One, we are definitely not saying Christoph Vogel saying is awful. Mm. We're saying we have a lack of understanding um, right. of his decision-making process, especially the previous hand, by the way. The fives, that was more I don't get that bad at all. to me. It's possible he'll just say, as Negrano said in our interview one time, some things are just a mistake. Yeah. So maybe he would say that, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. he'd have a better reason. Another that. thing that's different about this is that we kind of at least understand the theory that Vogel saying is working with. We understand where he's coming from. We understand some of the building blocks of it. Sure. With Selbst, it's pure exploit all the time, and we might not understand her thought process. That's fair. That's yeah. actually a really fair point. Uh, but I guess what I want to make sure everyone is hyper aware of is we all agree Christoph Vogel saying is one of the best players in the world, and he has really good reasons for almost every action he's going to make and every decision he makes, and they're likely to be very good reasons. Yes. So then the question comes down to is, can we understand or try and figure out what those reasons are? Because I don't think either one of us would have ever played this hand like this. Um, that's it. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say, except it seems impossible. And I don't think almost anyone in the world would play this hand like this. Maybe no one else in the world will play this hand like this. Maybe there's five other people, but it's, it's going to be very, very few people. So let's yeah. tell them what happened. We have some Olashemian decisions as well, which are not as flabbergasting, but no. the, you know, they could have been done differently. So we can talk about those as well. Sure. This was of course suggested on Twitter. We are at two poker guys on Twitter. Keep those suggestions rolling in people. We need some suggestions that aren't the world series of poker. Yeah. We can't use the world series of poker on the videos at all. So that also cuts down on most of the podcasts or half the podcasts anyway, um, because it's a poker go copyright thing, Yeah, which they are strongly going after these days. So we just cannot use that video. Right, so suggest some stuff from like the EPT and yeah, EPT live at the bike and other things like that. Especially EPT though, like a big yeah. fan of the EPT. It's tournament stuff. We like tournament stuff a lot. Yeah, but you know, suggest anything you want. You can also still of suggest course. World Series hands. We're still doing podcast only stuff, right. For we, that, mostly we want great hands, and that's yeah. what we care about. That is what we care about. This was, of course, suggested by Runar Hansen. Runar Hansen, thank you, Runar. He suggested many hands, and we appreciate him as a human, and I'm sure he makes a wonderful mac and cheese. I was going to say a wonderful cupcake, but probably both. I mean, if you make one, you make the other. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Everybody one's knows. baking, one's cooking, but come on. I mean, there's art, there's science, but how about if you meld the two? That's called <laughs> Runar Hansen. <laughs> nice. That might be the... That should be, like, on his LinkedIn that I said that. How about on his gravestone? Are yeah. you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It's an amazing yeah. thing. You're welcome, Runar. Yeah. Um, all right. So there are some ICM implications involved in this hand. Yes. As Jonathan mentioned, we are in a, playing a 100K super high roller. 
And we're in the money with five left. Uh, the current payout is 313,000 euro. So it's only three X you're buying. Uh, up top is 1.52 million euro. So that's really what people are gunning for because the drop between first and second is about half a million euro. So this is a play for first type of tournament here. Like that's generally the case with these small fields. Right. Um, the, the current jump is 313 to 401. So not much of a jump in relation to the size of the buy-in. No, for these guys, it should be, it should feel like just not a big deal. Yeah. Like you're, you're going for top three, but especially first in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get to the action, huh? Let's do it. All right. So our boy Ola Shemian, who was the darling of what year? 2014, 2013? I think 13, but who knows? Yeah. He he was the darling. Was he the first in the line of darlings? No. There's always always darlings. Who was before Shemian? Because it goes Shemian, Coleman, Holtz. I don't know about last year. And then Bonomo. I don't know. Was it Selbst? Was it Seaver? I don't know, man. Was it Doc Sands? There's always somebody. Yeah, but I, th- I feel like maybe Shemian was the first like major, like everybody's I mean, like... Seidel had that huge high oh, roller. Oh, maybe thing. Seidel, yeah. Seidel's probably the first one. He probably was. Yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe Negreanu. He had one good, really good year. He did. Somewhere in there. But not like... I mean, Seidel, when Seidel started running over the super high rollers, yeah. it was... Uh, that was when everyone started talking about. That was like a new thing, anyway. Those super high rollers, and then and then it sort of has been this this succession of people. Yeah. Ever since. All right. So Shemian has two aces under the gun. That's a good place to start. Yeah, um, and we're five handed. Let's remember. So, so it's even stronger, although it's as strong as it can be, anyway. Right. But you know you're going to get more action when you're five handed. So it's a good spot. And you're going to be up against weaker hands, and yeah. people are going to be willing to go with weaker hands against you. You know, like on you know like top pair is a much stronger hand five handed. Oh yeah. So, there's all these ways to make more money. It's pretty good. Shemian has two and a half million at the 60K big blind level, so over 40 blinds. Yep. He opens to 130K. He's got the Ace of Hearts and the Ace of Clubs. Our unlucky GTO wizard, Christoph Vogel, saying <laughs> plus one has two queens. So, I mean, car crash. Yeah, he has, he has more than Shemian. He's got 3.73 million. So the effective stack is 40 blinds, five handed among these wizards. How is it not going to get all in pre? This feels you like might I, ask yourself. You would think there's no point in us even talking about this hand. That's actually because, what I said when Jonathan was like, right. hey, there's some suggestion about this aces versus queens hand. And I'm like, with five left, it, it, and these two guys. So, so what, what are we going to talk about? And then we're talking about 40 blinds effective and both these guys don't have to have it. Like they can four bet light. They have the ability to do that. So like, how are we not always going to just get it in pre you would think? Well, we're not, we're not, that's, that's not going to we'll start with that. We're not getting it in. pre. So Vogel with his 3.73 million, three bets is Queens to yeah. start towards getting it in makes it 385 K. Uh, what do you think about the size? I was what, just, just 130 to 385. I think that's, that's about the kind of yeah. size, and we like to do in position. Three yeah. xing sounds about right. Right, especially and with these blinds, these blind levels, and with a hand as strong as queens. We're, I mean, not that we would change our sizing, but we really love. You know, there's a lot of room to four bet for Ola. Yeah, with a lot of things, or someone even behind us to four bet. I got to think our current plan, at least. I don't know if it's if it's Christoph's plan, but my current plan would be more along the lines of. Let's see if we can get this money in, baby. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, in this particular scenario with 40 blinds effective, it's funny how it changes, though, because, you know, yeah, most of the bracelet events I played this summer, if I three bet with queens, I was like, I really hope I don't get four. Yeah, bet. I, I don't want to be in a spot like that. I know. I only got um, I think I only got was in a really, really bad spot once. And in, in I think the five World Series events I played and it was on day two of the main where I four bet cold with kings and got five bet shoved on for a total of like 
40 blinds or 50 blinds. And yeah, I you just, just got to go with it. Felt like I had to call, and the guy did have aces, and it was a monster pot that I lost, and it sucked. Yep, that does suck. But oh. anyway, what are you going to do? This is a bigger moment for Vogel saying, and it sucks probably more. Um, yes. So Agreed. He makes it 385. Everybody folds back to Ola Shemian, who four bets. So maybe now Vogel saying is like, maybe I didn't want a four bet. Because Shemian makes it 840K, and Vogel saying does not move in. Yeah. So what is that about? Shemian four bets to like, I don't know. He's about a third of his stack. I mean, he makes it eight, 800 and what? 840 out of 2.5. So it's about a third of his stack. Right. Um, and if the idea being that we're going to have a pot size bet left if this is called. Yes. Like this is all setting up as a very basic hand that you see a million times. Basically, we're setting up a shove for Vogel saying right now. But if somehow... And we know he's not going to shove. He's going to call instead. We have an easy get it in spot on the flop for both players. I mean, depending on the flop, there's some flops where that's not going to yeah. be the case. But most flops, we're going to, yeah, the majority of flops, I should say, we're going to have that. All right. So not knowing that Vogelsang decides just to call this, yeah. what are some of the reasons he might do that? Um, I think the main reason is that in this spot, we're going to see Shemian be pretty polarized when he's four betting here. And so he's either going to have a snap fold or a snap call. And the snap calls we're doing okay against, but we're not crushing. Like, is he four betting two tens? Is he even four betting two jacks? If he's not four betting tens and jacks, suddenly this spot isn't so amazing from a value point of view. Obviously, we don't mind moving in, though, and just picking up the chips is the thing. Like, it's okay if he's got bluffs. This is a huge pot. Yeah, that is correct. Um, I don't know. I, I got to think that some tens and jacks are getting four bet from Shemi and five-handed with this field. The idea is, as Shemian, would you be... We'd be four-betting to get it in? I guess we have to. We're putting yeah. in a third of our stack. Against, against a guy like Kristoff, sure. I'm not going to do right. that against your average main okay. event player, but against a guy who's capable. Like I think you have to... I think you're getting crushed a little bit if you never four-bet yeah. tens or jacks. I there. think you're probably right. That makes sense. Um I, so maybe from Vogelsang's point of view, another thought process is, okay, so there's like tens, jacks, ace, king, aces, and kings. So we're basically flipping against that range. And the other queens, yeah. The other queens still flipping. Though. Yeah. Like it's almost a perfect flip yeah. against that range. We probably have like 50.2% equity or something like that. Sure. Um, and then, of course, there's the, there's the bluff hands, too, but we want to keep all those in, especially right. with, the one, with a pot bot back. If we expect Shemian to effectively move in on a lot of flops, right. then like, we obviously, our plan is to call unless it's just a horrific flop for us. Right, but, or even just put in more chips. Yeah. Even if he doesn't move in, if he's got ace-five suited, he's going to bet almost every flop except an ace-high flop, or maybe if he flops the nuts or something. He's just going to bet, right? Yeah. And we want to give him a chance to do that with the hands he's going to muck, insta-muck. Right, that's a reason to, that is a reason to just call. Conversely, we don't want to get beat by those hands where we could win this 840K really easily. Yep. Against those hands. And chopping down Shemian's stack by a third is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. If he's going to... Now, I assume Shemian is folding the ace-five suitors of the world, even though he just three-bet or four-bet, excuse me, to a third of his stack. He just has to, right? He just has to fold ace-five suited if he gets shipped on here. Yeah. So... Maybe not. Maybe he's like, you know what? Gamble time. Like, all we need is 33%. Let's go. We're talking mostly about exploitative reasons here. Yeah. So, I mean, we right. talked a little bit about range, but in general, we're talking about exploitative reasons. So let's okay. try to go robot mind like Vogel saying. No problem. And theoretically, 
Vogelsang is going to want to protect his calling range with the stack depth. He's definitely going to want to effectively move in with hands as strong as two queens some of the time. He's going to definitely be doing that some of the time, right? But yes, at, no question. At 40 so, blind stack depth. Without, without a doubt. But then some of the time he's not. Right. So, he, as so in saying, order to protect, protect that, that, he's just choosing certain combos of queens to just call with here. Right. And I guess whatever reason, the queen of diamonds, queen of clubs is one of the combos that is just a call. It may be like that. It may also be, I mean, there's different ways he could do it, right? It could just be a random thing based on where the second hand is on the clock. Right. Um, there's all these different ways you can do it to randomize it. Um, but whatever he's doing, I'm sure it's good. And he, he so, has his percentages lined up right. where it's like, I'm going to shove 60% and call 40%. And right. like, for whatever the reason is that I have, this mm-hmm. falls in the 40%. This makes it balanced. And yeah. this is the way I've come up with it. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so he decides to call, and I'm sure it's mostly just to protect his calling range. Yeah. I'm sure he's not too worried about... He's he's willing to get it in. Forget about not too worried. He's completely willing to get it in right here. Yeah, he's got to be. The thing that always kind of gets to me when we're talking about these range protection things and stuff is like, this is a 100K tournament with five left, and protecting your range is based on like running the same thing hundreds of thousands of times, right? Like, and, and having, no. having it be profitable over time. No, it's not just that. It's, it's not just that. Th- I mean, it's also about the metagame, and he's playing Ola Shemian in these super high roller events all the time. And he's playing Justin Bonomo and Ike Haxton, and he has to be able to be balanced against those guys. They have to know he's balanced, and he has to, otherwise they're going to eat him alive. Yeah. So he just, you. if he wasn't playing these guys all the time, it would be really different. But I think, I think it's as much as he has to be able to show up with, with queens here sometimes, and aces and kings too, Otherwise, they're going to destroy him. And he knows that, and they know that. And so he does show up with queens and aces and kings sometimes. Yeah, it probably takes a lot of practice to get your frequencies right there. And yep. if, if you want to practice your you know, shoving frequencies at 40 blinds effective with, with two queens, a good place to do it would be Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. You can get a lot of hands in there, Jonathan. You sure can. It's uh, online, which makes it a lot faster. The you internet is a miracle. Thank you, Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you can play multiple tables at once. Which you know some of us like to do. Yeah, absolutely. Nitrogen Sports Poker is, of course, a bit a Bitcoin only poker room, which is great for numerous reasons, including the fact that you get lightning fast uh, deposits and withdrawals. Yes, those things. Yep. So that's really good. And when I say lightning fast, I mean you get the money in right away, and you get the money out. It takes like an hour, hour and a half, which is still days faster than everybody else. To be clear, it's. It is, like the internet, a miracle and a wonderful thing to get your money so fast. It is a miracle. And once you get into the old Bitcoin, then you can be that guy at the dinner party who everybody hates to talk to. Yeah. So welcome to that life. Feels good. Yeah. Feels good to be that guy. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah I mean, when crypto's up, of course, that's yeah. when those people really come out of the woodwork. Hey, it's been a really good week or two, you know? So right now, you're probably feeling good. Although by the time you're hearing this, maybe, maybe not. not. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, Nitrogen has great features. It's good software. And we run a monthly tournament there the last Sunday of every month. It's a 0.1 millibit buy-in with a 100 millibit guarantee. That means we need a thousand players to meet the guarantee. The most we've ever gotten is 73. That's a pretty sweet deal. Get in there, you dummies. Yeah, it's a massive overlay. It's you're getting like 14 times your money on every buy-in. Also, the poker guys play it too. Of course. So we're gonna be there this Sunday and that Sunday and the next Sunday. 
I say this Sunday because it's the Sunday coming up. But by the time you're hearing this, it's Some the end of, Sunday it's the end of August. The Sunday at the end if of August. If Sunday still exists by the time you hear this, <laughs> then with that's, this, all this new technology, yeah, who knows? Possible. Who knows? They might be turned into Bitcoin by N- then. Nitrogen's working all these crazy <laughs> angles. So, of course, knows? you have to use the link in the description <laughs> of this podcast when you sign up, or you don't even get access to that. That also shows your support for the Poker Guys, yep. which we respect. Yeah. So do that. Monster respect. Monster respect. Meaning, I respect monsters. I mean, you have to, or else they'll, they'll hurt you. Mothra. I don't respect Mothra as much as other monsters. Oh, that gonna, cannot be true. You're going to base a monster on an animal, and you choose a meek, dumb animal like a moth. Just put a light in front of the thing. Monster solved. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see Mothra flying into the sun? I don't. So I guess Mothra is a little smarter than... Uh, it's not smarter. It's, uh, it's, like a, it's like a bad... It's a bad moth. It's not even good enough to fly into the sun. It's not even good enough to kill itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a crappy moth. I'm looking forward to the next Mothra sighting, which is coming next uh, summer, July 9, July 2019. I'm not even kidding. Godzilla King of the Monsters sawing Millie Bobby Brown. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. But by the time that movie rolls around, maybe. Maybe. All right, let's head to this flop because how can this be interesting, okay. right? We have queens against aces. Maybe it's a king high flop and somehow yeah. Vogelsang gets away from it or something I mean, like that, that. That's the way to do it. That's possible. Yeah. It's, we got a pot size bet, <laughs> excuse me, bet back. It's we really have almost exactly a pot size bet. It's 1.83 yeah. in the pot and Shemian has 1.82. And uh, Vogelsang's got him covered by like less than a million, right? Like um, 1.2 million. What'd you say? By one point. Oh, by one point two. Okay, so he's got twenty. He's got him covered by twenty blinds. So yeah. even if Shemian doubles through him, he'll still have twenty blinds, which ain't great, but ain't the end of the world either. It's you know it's bad, but yeah, yeah. The flop is like a oh oh darn, Kristoff's gonna lose a big one. Flop. Yeah, it's a nine of diamonds, six of diamonds, deuce of hearts. Yes. I mean, he blocks the queen of diamonds, which he doesn't want to right now, but that's not a huge deal. I mean, it's really not. I mean, how? I mean, we need Shemian to have been four betting ace queen of diamonds for it to matter, right? Yeah, or King Queen of Diamonds. Very unlikely. Yeah. Possible, I guess, but very unlikely. I guess once in a while, maybe he turns that hand into a bluff. But yeah, okay. Like, cool. We blocked two combos that are relatively unlikely anyway. Yeah, so what do you think Shemian should do sizing wise? He does have a pot right. size, <laughs> excuse me, pot size bet left. He could just move it in. Hope Vogelsang has an overpair and has to call. Um, or he could bet smaller, yeah. or he could check. Right. I think we're definitely supposed to bet as Shemian when we have aces in this spot because we want a Shemian with his reputation, which is a little crazy, a little out there, right? Uh, we're the guy who could be bluffing here for sure. He also does not have the ace of diamonds, which is good. Right. He wants Vogelsang to have the nut flush draw in his range. Yeah, he does not mind that. Or even just the ace of diamonds in his range so that way he can decide to stick around for yeah. another street anyway. Um, I like betting small just because we're going to do that a lot after we four bet anyway on this board. So yeah. I think let's bet small. Let's rep the hand we actually have, but let's rep the big pair. And with our reputation, we could really be seen as like, well, you still have everything. You still have ace five. Like if you have ace five suited, you're betting this, right? If you have ace king, ace queen, you're betting this, right? If you ever have ace queen. Um, if you have your bluff, you're betting all your bluffs. Let's bet, our, let's bet our super strong value too. It feels like a very clear bet. I think this is... Um, a small bet, too. I don't think we want to bet too much and blow Vogelsang off the hand. We want him to stick around with Ace-King because that's like a dream. If we can get Ace-King to call, it's a dream, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we can. That's pretty tough. We have to bet small. Yeah, we have to bet real small. Um, betting small also accomplishes 
a good meta thing where we can bet small with our bluffs as well. Right. Because we can show up with aces. So we can also bluff small, giving ourselves a good price to bluff. I think like 250000 is a really nice bet. Maybe that's, maybe that's too much. Into 1.83 million? Well, how, oh, we made it 800. I was, I was thinking about the 435, which Christoph sized it. Oh, we made it 830. All right. That's 435 that. is actually the sizing Shemian has on the flop. Well, how much did he do pre? How much did Vogelsang, how much did Vogelsang do? Three eighty five. Three eighty five. Okay. Um, I think I think right around there is good. Four hundred k then. Like half the size of our four bet is fine. All right. Well, Shemian agrees with you. He bets yeah. four hundred and thirty five k. It makes sense, right? It's saying like, go ahead and sh- shove over me when I have my bluffs. I'm going to insta fold when I've got my super strong stuff. I'm going to insta call. It's not an easy spot. If you have ace king, you have to think about calling. Look at the price you're getting in position. Oh my god. Uh, if you have an overpair, you might just shove on me, or you you definitely can't fold. There's all these good things. All right. So Vogelsang has a decision here. Yes. It's do I call or do I effectively move them in? Right. What is better? It's kind of a tough spot, actually. Yeah. I don't know what's better. I think, I think you make really good cases either way. So we call to keep those ace five suiteds alive, which is good. Yeah. We're almost certainly getting shoved on on the turn if we call, right? Either or sorry. He's giving up or he's shoving, right? Those are the two options. Sure. Sometimes when he shoves, we can have the best hand. Like if he has two jacks, we're going to get all the chips. Yeah. Although we're probably going to get all the chips either way if, if he has two jacks. In fact, we'd rather shove now if he has two jacks. Right, because right? an ace or a king could come and Right, or a kill. queen. Yeah. And like, why scare him off? Yeah. So maybe, the, so actually, if he has jacks or tens, we'd rather shove now. If he has ace high, we'd rather not shove now, right? Well, I mean, there are benefits to shoving against ace high here. The pot is huge. Considering the stack to pot ratio, I mean, like, yeah. if we call then Chemian's going to have 1.3 million remaining with a 2.7 million chip pot. It's not so yeah. bad to take down that, it's really that huge pot. It's know? really fine. So the question is, do we want to go for the kill or do we want to go for the you know, massive wound? Those are the only two options. That, that's the only two ways we should be thinking I mean, about we it. could get the kill either way. That could happen either way, whether we call or whether we shove. Of course. But, but sort of like going for the kill is like calling, I think, right? Where we're like trying to induce the bluffs to shove the turn. Yeah. Um, going for the massive wound is moving in here where, yeah, the hands we're going to get in against either way are fine. Um, but like ace five suited just is going to have to fold now instead of ever. Con- now ace five suited may give up anyway on the turn. It may. This is what I would be consider concerned about in terms of call, just calling. Yeah. I mean, even though Shemian's choosing a super small sizing, the stack to pot is going to be pretty extreme on the turn where yeah. ace five suited might be like, I just don't know if I get it through often enough. Right. Yeah. I mean, this guy isn't Gordon Vale, right? He's not just going to fold for a half a pot shove, like with a pretty good hand. He's just not going to do that. You don't think? Nope. Don't usually think that. Um, so Vogelsang decides to call. I guess he's believing that Shemian has a lot of bluff shoves in him on the turn. If it, Yeah, unless I believe that, I would just move in, I think. Right. I would just like, let's capture equity against jacks and tens. The pot is humongous. It's fine. We're clearly getting in it anyway. Every time he has me beat, we're getting in it anyway. Who cares? Um, but I don't want to lose jacks and tens on the turn with a bad card. Yeah. So the, the bluffs are probably going to give up anyway on the turn is what I talk myself into because I've look how much I've called. I call the four bet. I called this bet. The, it's half stacked to pot. It just yep. seems crazy not to move in here as far as I would move in. I think that. I would too. I'd be like, well, stacked to pot is such that like I, I accomplished my goal of getting right. another bet out of him and did it. the flop is not a bad one for my hand. So right. like it, if I'm losing to aces or kings, that was going to happen pre-flop anyway. Who cares? Yeah, let's just go. Right. And yeah. there even is a tiny bit of um, equity denial if he's got ace-five suited. Oh, sure. Something like that. Or ace-king. Or ace-king. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like, so that's cool. Also, be it, that's not the main reason to move in by any means, but you do get a little extra protection value. Here I mean, too. I, don't, I don't mind that. That's no, it's good. great. I mean, the pot is humongous. It's really fine to win this pot right now and deny him his, you know, 12% turn equity or whatever it is. Although, really, it's more than that because if he moves in on the turn, yeah. he doesn't have it, then he actually gets the river turn. Right. Now it's more like 20% yep. equity. We get to deny that in this monster pot that really matters. Yeah, I'm all for moving in here. Yeah, well, Shem, uh, Vogel saying disagrees. Yeah. He calls. I guess he believes that Shemian has a lot of bluffs. He must believe that. He must believe that. And he's seen Shemian be a, such a sicko that he knows Shemian is going to, like, shove a lot of turns with his bluffs, right? It that, would seem. But that, that's what it seems like now, but that logic's not going to add up in the future. I know, but here we are, right? Otherwise, wh- how else can we justify? This is why, like, once you guys hear what the turn is you'll understand why we're saying we don't understand. Let's, let's tell them the action and then we'll, let's keep talking about All it. All right. So it's two, important. 2.7 million in the pot now. Yeah. Um, and the turn is the nine of spades, which does pair the top card. It's nine, six, deuce, two diamonds, nine of spades on the turn. And Shemian moves in as is expected for 1.385. Sure. And I'm going to tell you Vogel saying tanks and folds. Yeah. So that's the thing that we're confused about. Right. It was correct in this moment, but how can that be right over time? I don't know. Is that possible? Let's let's see if we can come up. Let's seek to understand. Okay, because my initial hit is it doesn't feel like it can ever be right, especially against a guy like Shemian. 1.385 is the amount that Vogelsang would have to call to win 4.085 million and knock out Shemian, by the way. That's another prize of, of winning. Huge prize. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Yes. The, the benefits of calling are there. Very strong. We are underrepped. Slightly. The nine... Sure, the top card paired, which generally when you have an overpair, that's not what you want to see. But with this scenario, it is so unlikely to have affected either player's hand. It's like almost impossible. I mean, I guess someone could have 10-9 suited, maybe. Maybe. Unlikely. Unlikely that anyone's going to be able to call with 10-9 suited. I guess Shemmy could somehow have trip nines, right? He could have decided to four bet 10-9 It's just suited. so unlikely, though. It's, not, it's nothing we should be worried about, yeah. as Vogel saying. Like, whatever. If he has that, he, he has, has like that. one... 20th of a combo of that. <laughs> right. It's very unlikely. So the nine is not the reason that he folds. No, I, I, I don't believe so. I Maybe it is, but I can't think that it is. I, it wouldn't occur to me to fold because the nine paired, that feels like a good card for us. He's obviously folding because he believes he does not have the best hand. We dodge an ace and a king. Like, we did it. Like, amazing. So no, he thinks he doesn't have the best hand enough to call here. So let's try and figure this out. Uh... He has to believe that Shemian doesn't have as many bluffs as we believe Shemian has, obviously. Not both, just that. Both preflop and on the turn. He also has to believe that Shemian's value range is pretty darn tight Yeah, here. that he never four bets two tens and two jacks. Or, or that he's never shoving two tens here on yeah. the turn. And maybe not shoving jacks. Maybe, maybe we sit there and we're like, well, maybe he's shoving jacks. That's the only hand I can beat for value? I, maybe, but... Why? Like, Why would we believe that? The way that Shemian sized it on the flop like you said, Vogelsang might sometimes call with even unpaired hands, like big card unpaired hands. Yeah. And right. And if you have two tens, you're like, we're obviously getting it in. Like, if he's got me beat, we're getting it in. What am I afraid of here? Like, deny equity. <laughs> Win the pot. Let's go. I don't want to go check, check and have him hit his ace on the, on the river, you know? All right. I'm developing a theory here. Good. It's not a good one. Whatever. Let's take a shot. Um, 
This is this is maybe the, the hardest hand we've ever done so far. Uh, so far, it feels like it might be. We've had like four or five that have been super hard. This is certainly in the top five. Go I on. I don't know. The vocal saying five's hand was pretty hard to justify, but that just yep. felt bad. It, it felt like right. easy to say that's just kind of bad. This it did feel like that. Yeah. If I mean, look, if uh, if Shemian doesn't have aces here, we might be saying the same thing about this one. Yeah, we really might. <sighs> okay. I see. I, that's why I'm saying like the result is good, but... Yeah. It feels bad. It's okay. All right. So here's the beginning of my theory because I haven't <laughs> fully formed it yet. Yeah. Uh, Vogelsang believes that Shemian is not putting Vogelsang on any flush draws because Vogelsang did not shove the flop. Right. Even though the sizing was small, maybe some sort of thing going on here where, where Vogelsang believes Shemian would never put Vogelsang on an unpaired hand to call the flop even in a four-bet pot. Okay. Because it's just kind of like burning equity a little bit with, with Ace-King, if you call here. or mm-hmm. And Ace-King, like, he's going to be five-betting a lot pre-flop anyway. Vogelsang is. Yeah, uh, true. Also with Queens, but go on. So if Vogelsang only has paired hands, it's like mostly eights, tens, jacks. That seems like the most likely holdings. Sure. And Shemian can't reasonably expect to fold those out on the turn. I mean, eights might fold. Eights might turn. fold, but tens and jacks, it feels like he's got a call. At this point, we, considering how, we've, how deep we've gotten ourselves into this hand, I don't see how we're supposed to fold. And therefore, Vogelsang believes that Shemian doesn't really have any bluffs remaining, on top of believing that Shemian, if ever, is very rarely four-betting two jacks or two tens himself, leaving just like ace-king of diamonds and, I guess, other nut flush draws, aces and kings in his range and the other two Queens. Right. That's the best I can do. I know it's not great. How are we doing against aces, Kings, ace, King of diamonds, the other two Queens and Jack's terribly. I'm sure. Are we doing bad enough that we have to fold though? Like we're getting an incredible price. It's a pretty good price. I'm going mean, to put it through uh, the little number cruncher here as we're talking. It's 1.385 to win 4.085. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So, just ace king of diamonds only, right? Sure, yeah. Don't don't make your little thing do it wrong this time. I know. I'm going to try really hard to. Um, aces, kings, one combo of queens. No. Yeah, one, one combo, combo of queens. queens. Jeez. And let's give them all the combos of jacks. All the combos of jacks. Okay. For S's and G's. That's done. I'm going to give ourselves the other combo of queens. I guess give me one second here to do that. This is fun, though, huh? I love listening to Jonathan type things in to his iPad. <laughs> I love it next, too. Come back next week for Jonathan replies to tweets. All right, here we go. Let's run the calculation. We're not doing that badly. Are you sure he did it right? I'm pretty sure I'll take another look, but 43.3% is what that I got. can't here. be right against that range. If it's just Ace King of Diamonds, are you sure you just put Ace King of Diamonds? Just the one Ace I King? I do have just one Ace King of Diamonds. I have. Oh, nope, there's, there's a problem. Obviously. <laughs> there is a problem. We're okay, not, We don't have all the combos of aces. Let's, but, let's move on from... Well, I, I, the, real, the real percentage is 40% to, 50, to 60%. I feel like that's probably incorrect, too. I, I imagine there's another problem. If, if the range is actually jacks, aces, kings, and ace, king of diamonds only, that's 12... Well, we're com- destroying jacks. Yes. Which knocks... Jacks and aces knock each other out. Okay. We're losing to kings. Uh-huh. We're way ahead of ace, king of diamonds. So... We have, what, like 70% against ace, king of diamonds? Yeah, they have nine, they have 15 outs. Yeah. Once, yeah, 70%. Yeah. So it's, 
right around forty percent, according to this. I don't know if I believe right. it. Just well, because of the issues this was we've... incredibly useful and a good good use of everyone's time. Yeah, then it was. Um, <laughs> if it is forty percent, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's right. From a chip EV perspective, we have to call even against that range for sure. So, and from an ICM perspective, we probably have to call also because who cares about the ICM? It's not the money jumps aren't interesting. Uh, we win this, we have a great chance to win the tournament. We knock out a really good player. Um, Ali Rez is still in. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Like we hurt Ola and Ali's still in. Amazing. I mean, what's, why would we find a fold here? How do we find a fold? I mean, even if the numbers that we just came up with are wrong and somehow we don't have 40% against that range. I'm pretty sure they're right, but go on. But even if they're wrong, even if we have 30%. Okay. Still probably should be a call because that can't be the range. It's too tight of a range. Right. What about, what about, What's Ola going to do with two tens? Is he going to check two tens on the turn? I mean, maybe he's not going to four about two tens is what Vogel saying would maybe. probably say. What about ace five suited? That's he's what gonna, I'm thinking. Like he's going to give up with all his bluffs on the turn. He's got zero bluffs on the turn. Right. It seems, seems hard to imagine. And he for sure has his like ace five of diamonds or ace three of diamonds that played this way, you know? Right. And has to shove. Them. Yeah. He might just shove the flop with that. He might. Though. Maybe that's part of what's going on is, but I don't know if I really believe this. I don't know if I believe that either. But let's just, let me just articulate it. That Vogelsang thinks that the bluffs would shove the flop and not bet small on the flop. We really think Ola Shemin is not good enough to, to balance his, no, his of small bets. Of course he's good enough to do that. Seems hard to imagine. Now, I believe that Ola, though, might be shoving his flush draws on the flop. You know, especially his non-strong flush draws like the ace three of diamonds. Maybe he just shoves it because he doesn't want, he just wants to make it as easy as possible and not be in a weird spot where he gets shoved on and has to call, where it, like, give himself as much full equity as possible but that means he has to shove some other stuff too for value not much but uh, but some other value right i guess so i don't know it feels like a bad fold it feels like a bad fold but he was correct he's right is it possibly picked up something is, on Shemian? i guess that has to be a possibility hey that's our crutch isn't it when we have nothing else but he can't be live reads we can't just go with he's right because obviously he was wrong with the two fives hand right. which we found inexplicable right so he's made two inexplicable plays on this table. One of them worked out. One of them didn't. Neither of them make sense to us. Yeah. I got nothing else as I mean, far how, as analysis here. How do you play two queens like this? This is an incredibly strong hand five ways. And for 40 blinds, to put in 40 blinds is fine with two queens. Obviously, this guy is making profitable decisions. So Right, exactly. Like, he's not a one-two player doing this. He's right. one, the best player. One of, maybe, maybe a top 10 tournament player in the world. Maybe better than that. Yeah. So, right. I I'm, want to be, like, really clear. We're not, like, the people on Twitter with Vanessa Selbst. Right. Right, which is why I brought that up back in the day. Um, at the same point, I don't want to pretend this is better than it is, at least to our perception. I don't want us to act like it's good just because his name is Christoph Vogel, saying that's right. not good enough either. Like, I, I, I think to, to sum it up, ultimately, I would say... Um, I respect the player so much that I imagine his reasons are are fleshed out and right. are probably pretty good. Right. At the same point, my overall analysis is this is incorrect and bad. I think that sounds about right. I think to the, the amount, <laughs> to the extent of poker knowledge that we both have, yeah. our combined poker knowledge, this, this is not the way to play this hand. It's possible if we got to Vogel Saints level, yeah. we would disagree. Maybe if we got Christian Soto on the horn, he would explain to us what Vogel Saints doing and how Vogel Saints can fold there. But if we look at this from a distribution point of view, which is the kind of stuff Vogel saying is thinking about all the time, I got to yeah. believe. How is this not part of our calling range? I don't know. Like, 
we have tens and jacks here for sure. Like, for sure we have tens and jacks on this, in this spot. We have to. I have an idea. Let's actually get Christian Soto on the horn in the future. Let's do a podcast where yeah. we interview him about just the hands that we've done in the past that we couldn't figure <laughs> out. See if he's got some insight that we don't. That's Cause, good. Because Christian is better than us. There aren't very yeah. many, but these two Vogel saying hands yeah. are definitely ones that we're really not sure about. And yeah. maybe Christian can explain it. That's a great he, idea. Because he is better than us, so maybe he can have some insight that we don't there. The, the other thing we could do is we get Vogel saying on the horn and ask we him. We could try to do that. Yeah, That'd be pretty interesting, he's a, too. bit of a harder get for us. We have, Possibly. We have a relationship with Christian, so We do. Helps. No, I, I, like getting Christian is, is reasonable for yeah. us, for sure. Um, but we could try Vogel saying, too, because I'd love to hear it from the horse's mouth. You know, I would, too. But he might not want to talk about it. Oh, that's a really good point. It's actually very likely that he wouldn't want to yeah. explain his reasoning for this decision. Yeah. I mean, it's also possible Soto will say the same things we were saying, which is like, to my mind, this is bad. Well, obviously. But he's better than me, and so maybe he has reasons. You right, know, but. And, that's, and that would be reasonable because we, even during our interview with Christian Soto, I, I mentioned Vogelsang's right. name as like a GTO expert, and Soto said, yeah, well, I'm, I'm about a tier below him. So right. like Soto would say, yeah, Vogelsang's reasons might be beyond my understanding. Right, but it may also be that Soto looks at it and it makes sense to him, just like the way we'll see certain players do things, yeah. and we understand why they're doing it, and other people who don't have the experience or understanding or whatever right. of what's going on in that particular... With that type of strategy where it looks ridiculous or bad or whatever it might be. Yep. Well, Shaming gets to win this pop, but neither of these players wins the event. In fact, it is Sam Greenwood. That said, Vogelsang finishes second in this event, and this fold has got to be part of that, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he would have been, it would been a lot harder to finish second with 20 blinds. Right. I mean, anything's possible, but yeah. when, I don't know what happened at this table, but wow. Yep. This is... This is a spectacular fold. I'm just not sure if it's spectacularly good. Yeah, I don't know about it. I want to believe. I'm like Fox Mulder here, but I don't know. I want to believe as well, but I just, through the cold light of analysis, at least through our capabilities, it's like, yeah, it seems bad. I can't get there, man. Seems bad. It's rare that we really can't get there, but I can't get there. I can't one. either. We've, we had this, I guess, with some Negrano hands back in the day, too, where we're like, why would you do oh, that? he's like check raising weak top pairs and yeah. stuff like I that. I understand that now, why he's doing it. And even yeah. then, we were sort of kicking it around a little yeah. bit. We're like, we're sort of moving in that direction. This is, feels different. This yeah. is like, I can't get there at all. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll learn some more in the future, hopefully. This is really rare for us. Yeah. It's cool. It all right, see you guys next week. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.